September 15, 2023, we're in Masechet If you count from the top of the Amud down, 17 lines until the last word on the line, that's what we'll pick up. If you recall, the Gemara was dealing with the Mishnah, which was contradicted by the Beraita. The issue was Bebar Shel Haya, specifically, and then Bebar Shel Of. A Bebar is that area where the animals are collected and kind of secluded so that they won't run too far, it's easiest to catch them there. The question is on Yom Tov whether you're allowed to go into there and trap an animal. Uh, the Mishnah said that with regards to animals and birds, it's permitted. The Beraita said with regards to both of those, it's prohibited. I think Gemara was deliberating, first understood that with regards to um, the first lines in the Gemara was with regards to animals, we could resolve. One's the opinion of Rabbi Uda, the other one's the opinion of Hachamim. The Gemara got stuck on the birds, and the Gemara ultimately speaking, as what we got up to yesterday, said, uh, really, the Beraita and Mishnah might have the same author. There's no Rabbi Uda and Hachamim with regards to the two passages. They're the same author, they're talking about different types of birds. How so? The Mishnah is talking about a standard bird, a bird that's not too elusive, too difficult to catch, and as a result, there's no problem as long as it's already in the Bebar to catch it, to trap it on Yom Tov. That's not going to be considered trapping. It's, so to speak, already trapped, as opposed to the Beraita is talking about Sipor Deror, or Sparrow, which is difficult to catch. Now the Gemara says, once you got to that point where you're comfortable, appropriately, saying that the Mishnah is talking about one type of reality and the Beraita, another type of reality, instead of our initial answer with regards to animals, that one was Rabbi Huda and the other Hachamim, why don't we just argue instead? They're talking about different realities with regards to what this Bebar looked like. Says the Gemara, Hashta de'atet lehache. Hashta means now, de'atet means you came, lehache means to this. Now that you got to this point where you're comfortable, again, appropriately, rightfully so, explaining that the Beraita and Mishnah might be talking about different realities, even though it's the same word. It was the word Sipor, both in the Mishnah and the Beraita, and you said, well, one's a sparrow and another one's, I don't know, turtle dove or something like that. Um, so now, why don't we do that with regards to Haya as well, and suggest that our Mishnah is talking about one type of Bebar, and the Beraita another one, Haya, Ahaya, Name Lakashya. We might be able to resolve Lakashya to say there's no contradiction between the animal passage in the Mishnah and that in the Beraita. Ha Bebar Katan, Ha Bebar Gadol. The Mishnah, we will suggest, which permitted going into that area where the animals are and trapping, it's talking about a small Bebar. Small means easier to trap. Easier to trap means I'm not actually, quote, halakha wise trapping on Yom Tov. It's already trapped. Beraita alternatively is talking about where it was prohibited, where there's asur, a bebar gadol, a larger area. Yes, it's in somewhat of a secluded place, harder to catch it as a result, prohibited. Easier said than explained. What's the definition of Bebar Gadol and Bebar Katan? Slow animal, slow and fast, as opposed to. Yes, a little bit different we're doing because I, I assume the understanding is if you're talking about a Sevi, you're talking about a Haya, you're not really going to distinguish. With regards to wild animals, you can't find a wild animal that's, quote, easy to catch. You could do it easier with birds in a home than with wild animals in a Bebar. 
Happens to be, though, if I'm not mistaken, there is one angle in Rishonim that reads Bebar, even though the next words in the Gemara are difficult to read, as a type of animal. One's Gadol, one's Katan. The Gadol might be easier to catch. It's slower, it's bigger, as opposed to Katan. Doesn't seem that's the way the Gemara does it. It is a little bit different than the birds. It's different reality, not in terms of the animal or bird, but with regards to the place. Says the Gemara, but define it for me. With regards to bird, you told me... We never did that with a fish because the assumption was fish will still be elusive and get into the cracks and crevices. Keep in mind, though, it's interesting. No, no, it's an interesting point. Keep in mind that 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 was, to a certain extent, the debate that I mentioned, if you recall, in the Mishnah. The Mishnah starts with En Sadim Dagim Min HaBebarim. The Mishnah says unequivocally the Beraita never disagreed with that, that it's prohibited to catch the fish from the Bebar. The end of the Mishnah had, and it's an opinion we're going to have to return to soon in the Gemara, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel said, not all Bebarin are the same. It depends how easy it is to catch the animal. That's certainly disputing or qualifying the animals. Was it finding a permissibility, which is what you're suggesting with regards to the fish, that's what I told you is a machlok between Harambam and Ra'avad. So there is such an angle, not per se the size of the fish or the speed of the fish, but how closed off the fish is so that you might be able to catch it. Rashbag might actually be giving you a leniency. So, you know, it might not be so far off. Anyway, says the Gemara defined for me a bebar gadol and a bebar katan. It's again, you could speak uh, conceptually, but I want to talk a little bit more practically with regards to when it's permitted and when it's azur. Hechidame, hechidame is Aramaic for what's the case? Literally, what's it similar to? But what's the case? Bebar katan, question mark. bebar gadol, question mark. What's the reality? Give me contours, give me measurements, give me some description in an objective sense so that I can determine when it's permitted and when it's prohibited to catch the haya in the bebar, depending, of course, on the size. Amar first definition. Kol derahit abatra umatela behad shahya. Any kolhecha, any case, any situation, derahit. Rahit literally means to run. Abatra means after it. Batra, bava batra means the last sha'ar, the last gate. Derahit abatra, anytime you're running after the animal, umatela, and you get to it, behad shahya, in one shahya. Shahya, at least Rabbeinu Hananel. They write lunge, nice. Lunge might be the most simple. Rabbeinu Hananel says one breath. He has it as lashon shihiya, one stop. And shihiya means to stop and catch your breath. You don't need to do that. Same thing as one lunge. It's just he switches though, or he has a different nosa. Head and the head. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yep, okay. In other words, that might be the definition. Good point. Eli says, what does it mean one lunge? What does it mean one breath without the break? It means one effort. It means it's there, so easy to catch. How do you define the space? Well, that, by the way, to Jeffrey's point, will be dependent upon the animal as well. In other words, the one lunge, the one breath, the one effort isn't only the space, because if it's a very quick and uh, elusive animal, it might take longer. If it uh, might be a larger place and it's a slower wild animal, you could still catch it. But that'll be the definition. What's uh, um, and anything else, if it's not the one lunge, the one effort, that's considered a large one, which is the Asur situation, which is the Biraita Iname. Alternatively, second definition, suggestion with regards to how do we distinguish between Gadol and Katan by the Bebar Shel Haya. Kol Hecha, any case, the Ika Ukse, Ukse, Bebar Gadol. The Idach, Bebar Katan. Ukse is defined as a corner or a crevice, or a side area, 
so again, this we're trying to get more objective, get, trying to get more defined. Not so easy, but the definition in turn is if it has many corners, well, that's going to be a bebar kata gadol. If it's going to have not so many, that'll be a bebar katan. What's many? What's not so many? Okay, we tried. Iname, alternatively, kol de tula de katle ahadade. Alternatively, if the tula, tula is a shade, if the shade of one wall hits the other wall, bebar katan, that'll be a small bebar. Ve'idach, and small bebar is permitted, ve'idach, bebar gadol, anything else is a large bebar. That's the hardest to define, uh, ostensibly. <laughs> we can have a room. You can about this. Okay, but the room, this room, based on the size of the walls, well, one won't hit the other. Raise these walls as we have in the, uh, in the social hall, well, some 20 feet, and they'll hit one another even though the size of the room is the same. So what type of definition is this guy? You couldn't get more subjective than this in defining it based on the shade of the walls. Because again, it's talking about a room, certainly, but it's talking about the size of the room. You didn't really help me. Tosafot points out quite simply, it must be, says Tosafot at the very top, they had standardized sizes for walls. It has to be for the, for the height of the wall. It has to be. Otherwise, this isn't the definition at all. It's completely It depends how high the wall is. Tosafot writes, and they had a measurement. They had a, a measurement in terms of height. Whenever it came to a bebar, they had standard wall height. Therefore, you could say such a thing. Again, this was the this if if that's so, as Tosafot explains, this is the most objective. Now you're very clear. Whatever that size is, now just well, do the mathematics. A very small room, like a closet, well, you know. Absolutely. Then it's for sure a bebar katan. It it's for sure permitted. But even if it's the walls are, you know, in other words, defined according to what their reality. We have no real answer. We have no, we have no clear final punchline definition, and we'll yet have another one in ensuing lines. The bottom line is, they didn't want you to work on Shabbat. That well, this is Yom Tov. Keep in mind, this is Yom Tov. But they don't they, want you to exert yourself. So, it's in an area that you don't have to exert. They didn't want you to. It's a farm. You have to exert. If you know, it's correct. an enclosure and it's a wild animal, you're running around after this thing, and yet correct. But but, but I'm I'm, I'm going to qualify your words though, because the way it sounds from you is some sort of rabbinic exertion. It's not a rabbinic exertion. It's the definition of trapping is 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 being set forth in our Gemara as dependent upon exertion, right? In other words, if it's easy, it's not considered trapping. If it's hard, it's considered trapping. So you're right, it has to do with exertion, but we're talking about potentially, what sounds like, an Isumen HaTorah. It's not just a Tirhat. Rashi said that it might be Drabanan. Right. Rashi said with regards to the fish, that that circumstance, since you could have had it before Yom Tov, might be Drabanan. Not, this, not per se the same here, but a debate in Rishonim. And, and the effort of trapping and the definition of trapping will all be defined by the size of the animal, not by the size of the room. So it has to be defined by, that's the what I'm saying, it has room. to be defined to a certain extent by both, and this small room probably is satisfying any of these animal that are wild animal circumstances. Keep in mind, the Biraitab mentioned as well Tzivi, mentioned the deer, uh, not per se... Uh, does it have to do with the food? What yeah, in other words, is it, is it considered trapping only for food? Or is it considered trapping if there's a bee in, in, in your house and you stop uh, It's a wonderful question. Right now, we're real, right now we're focused on the potential of permissibility if you're going to be eating it mm-hmm. on Yom Tov. 
Uh, that's that's what we're specifically angled on with regards to a B, where there's others other issues. There's Tosafot and Masechet Shabbat. By the end of this sugya, I'll try to you lay out. I'll try to lay out clearly. Indeed, when must have been a halacha class on Shabbat. We said in these classes, fantastic. Indeed, he's making a specific size room. Yes, yes. That is, as I said, it start. We it began as it sounded like the most subjective. According to Tosafot, it's the most objective. It's exactly defined. You know, they didn't give you the numbers, but they had a standardized size in terms of height, which means they in terms of that even didn't have to be standardized height. There is the sun is only going for a couple of hours, so it has to be at the sun going in any in any room. In other words, in in this thing, no matter where the sun is, it's never reaching that way. That's true, but if this had taller walls Still not. If you told the walls and the sun's there, it's still not made. It must be no, no, no roof. No, 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 we're talking about size. We're talking about size. It's about size. Okay. All right. To be continued. Okay. Says the Gemara on Rashbag Omer Lo Kol Habebarim Shavim. Rabban Shimon Ben Gamliel's statement is not all of the Bebarim are the same. That was the end of the Mishnah. Now that sort of statement, maybe in the Mishnah, it's like a breath of fresh air. Wow, we found someone and final opinion who who's giving us a certain logic, a certain rationale. At this point in the Gemara, that's what we've been doing already. Again, his statement at the end of the Mishnah was, well, you just permitted, it sounded like all the circumstances where uh, it's an animal that you're trapping in the Bebar, says Rashbag, well not so fast only sometimes, what does it depend on, said Rashbag? Rashbag, his words were whether it's mehusar seda or not, whether it's difficult or it takes effort to catch it or not, not trap it or not really what we've just been discussing. You know, it's, it's Rashbag at this point is not so novel. Amar Rav Yosef, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shemuel, Halakha Kirabban Shimon Ben Gamliel. The initial statement here in the Gemara of Rav Yosef in the name of his rabbis is Halakha Kirabban Shimon Ben Gamliel. Pause for a second. Halakha Kirabban Shimon Ben Gamliel makes it appear as, this, as, as if he's saying something that disputes the earlier opinion. Again, let's just quickly review this. The earlier opinion in the Mishnah, the Chachamim said that a bebar shel haya is prohibited, right? That's, excuse me, is permitted. Uh, we had a beraita which said a bebar shel haya is asur. We had a contradiction. We just spent some time in the Gemara today resolving that and explaining there's no contradiction. It depends on the size. Uh, Rashbag comes at the end of the Mishnah and effectively says, by the way, it depends on the size. So to now, Harari walks into the room, better yet, Rav Yosef walks into the room and says, Halakha's like Rashbag. Rashbag was, he's not dis- disagreeing with the earlier opinion, he's just qualifying it. So in turn, says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, Abaye turned to Rav Yosef and said to him, Halakha miklau de plige? Uh, the fact that you had to say, or you found it appropriate to say, Halakha keraban shimon ben gamliel miklau, we can deduce from that, that the earlier opinion, the standard opinion, Hachamim disagree. It didn't seem that way based on our conversation until now. We were suggesting that Rashbag was explaining in turn the Hachamim. So don't say Halakha Rashbag. Read the Mishnah and understand. Halakha is like the Mishnah. Hachamim had to, based on our interpretation, agree with Rashbag. Amar le, umay nafka 
says Rav Yosef, back to Abaye, and what's the difference to you? Ultimately speaking, if I say halacha kerabban Shimon ben Gamliel, or you say the halacha is like the hachamim, we're saying the same thing, are you angry at me that I walked in and I said the halacha is like that? To which Abaye says, absolutely. Why are you annoyed with me? Because, outside of the Gemara for a moment, because you've confused things and made it as if your words were significant when they weren't. If I come into the room and I say, you should know, Shohan Aruch says there are 39 melachot on Shabbat. You say to me, Shohan Aruch, as opposed to who? I said, what's the difference? Shohan Aruch writes it. You say to me, but that was confusing. You made it appear as if someone might disagree. Those were unnecessary words. It's a description. It's an, a, a, a preface which is misleading. Says, says Abaye back to Rav Yosef. You're asking me, what's the difference? Do you believe, says Rashi, this is the way they used to speak to, if you take a brief look at Rashi on the right hand side, let's first just translate those words. Gemara Gemor means you'll study the teachings. In other words, Gemara is the learning, is the teachings. Mashal Shotimhu. It's, a, it's something you would say to silly people. Kach, gemara gemor omer le talmid shote. You turn to a silly student and you say to him, study the Talmud, study the teaching. Lemod henemet, henshibut, v'yelecha lezemer v'shir. You should just study it and it'll be a song. What's the difference? It's right, it's wrong. It'll be a song for you. In other words, Abaye turns to Rav Yosef and says, did you understand we're dealing with serious matters? Did you understand we're setting forth, we're elaborating and making clear a law system. So you tell me, what's the difference? You walk into a court and you make a statement and say, what's the difference? It's the same thing anyway. No, no, no. This is not a song. We turn to silly students and we say, yeah, you study it like this, study it like that. It's all a song anyway. This isn't a song. So that's the conclusion of the Gemara on this. The Gemara doesn't uh, bring us further, but it has an interesting statement of Abaye Terav Yosef in which he says, Hachamim, make certain that you say things clearly, efficiently, and the most appropriate way. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Amen.